The scripture readings this morning are from Luke chapter 2, verses 10 to 20, and Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And then in Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. May God bless the reading of his word. So Advent, a time of looking forward to Christmas. But how many of you are actually finding it hard to believe that it's actually been 12 months since we were here last year? I think this year has gone in really quickly. I don't know about you, but I think it's time seems to be speeding up. So are you looking forward this year to seeing your family and friends that we couldn't see last year? Are you looking forward to the Christmas market in town? Or is the thought of pushing your way through the crowds just too much for you? Have you started your Christmas shopping yet? Or are you very organised and they're all already bought? Do you wrap your presents as you buy them? Or do you do it all in one huge wrapping session on Christmas Eve? Have you bought, written, sent your cards? Are you bringing them next week for the Christmas card exchange? When are you putting up your tree? Have you booked your delivery slot for your shopping? Have you even thought about food yet? Are you excited about the thought of singing Christmas carols, even if we are still wearing masks? 
Or is the whole thing just beginning to feel too much, too commercialized, too busy? Has the last year left you feeling tired, just a bit jaded and done in? Does it all begin to feel just a bit too much hassle, too much money? You remember past Christmases and you ask yourself, where has the wonder and the excitement gone to? And if this describes you, then I don't think you're alone. I'm sure you're not the only person feeling like that this year. And I will be honest and put my hand up and say that, yep, I'm feeling a bit like that. I'm feeling tired and a bit jaded. I've yet to start buying any Christmas presents. And you know, I don't think I've many much enthusiasm for putting the Christmas tree up yet either. So how do we sort ourselves out? How do we get that enthusiasm back? How do we find again the joy in Christmas that might be lacking at the moment? Well, I think as today is the first Sunday in Advent, we return to what Christmas is really all about. Not the trappings, not the trees, not the turkey, not the lights, not the excitement, but the baby that is born in the manger. We start with Jesus. Well, you might think that sounds a bit obvious. Obviously, Christmas is about Jesus, isn't it? And it might be in our heads, but is it in your heart? Are you truly there at the manger? Or are you standing a bit further out? Perhaps you're just at the door to the stable, uncertain, unsure of whether to come in or not. Or perhaps you're even further away. You can just about glimpse the manger. But there's something stopping you from coming closer and seeing Jesus. You would think that at Christmas it would be easy to focus on Christ. But often it's the hardest time. We let other thoughts, other demands on our time, our money, our energies overwhelm us. So let's take the opportunity this year to join in with our Advent conspiracy to remind ourselves of what we are celebrating and who Jesus really is. To remind ourselves about the miracle that happened all those years ago when God became flesh and was born in the manger, our Emmanuel, God with us. So take the opportunity this Advent to come into the stable, to remain at the side of the baby, and to worship him, the source of all joy, peace, and hope that never changes. And if today we start that journey, acknowledging how hard it can be, then we can find the way back to truly worship him fully. And we start this morning with the passage that we heard of the angel announcing to the shepherds that something wondrous has happened. A story that mixes simplicity with praise. A joy that's story that's filled with surprise, joy, wonder, and worship. And the response of all the characters in the passage is the same. The angels, the shepherds, and Mary. They all respond in worship. An angel 
brings the message to the shepherds. The message that a baby has been born in Bethlehem. And not just any ordinary baby. The baby who is the Messiah, the promised one. The one who is the Savior, who will deliver us, who is Lord our Master, who is Christ, the anointed King, has arrived. God's word that was promised so long ago is now coming to pass. God is working out the next part of his plan for the salvation of the world. And the angel tells the shepherds how to find this Savior. And they're given a concrete sign to look for. They were not just told, a baby's been born, off you go and find him, look for him. No, they were told very specific things to look for. A baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Not what you find every day in Bethlehem. But actually, they weren't explicitly commanded to go. They were invited to do so. And we are invited to come to God, to come to Jesus. We're never forced. God doesn't force himself into our lives. We are invited to ask for him to come in. We are invited to look for the Savior born in the manger. Then this one angel is joined by the heavenly host, all worshiping, all praising God. The response of the angels is one of worship and praise. Which, yeah, you might think that's to be expected, because they're angels after all. But it's still a response of worship, still a response of praise. So why do you think they came to the shepherds? Why not to the rich, to the powerful, to the rulers of the land? Well, God's ways are not the ways of the world. In that time, the shepherds were not the most popular of people. They were not allowed into polite society. Their job was looking after the sheep and protecting them from the wild animals. Well, that meant they came in contact with dead animals. So that made them unclean, following their laws. So they weren't accepted. And the job of a shepherd didn't pay very well. So they were often poor. Their place was firmly on the outskirts of the towns, and they were often overlooked. But God sees those who are on the fringes of society, those who are often overlooked today. For God looks at the hearts of people, not at their place in society. And he chose this group of shepherds, invisible in their world, to tell first about the good news and to celebrate what had happened. So what was the response of the shepherds? Well, they went to Bethlehem to see this miracle for themselves. They responded. They heard the invitation. They came right into the stable and knelt before the child. Are we willing to do that this year? To respond, to come in and to see the miracle? To pause from our busyness and to look upon our Saviour? Do we hear the invitation and do we respond? But the shepherds didn't just come in and then see 
and then go back to their sheep. No, they were changed by what they saw. And they went off praising God. And they spread the word about what they had seen and what they had been told. These humble, poor shepherds were actually the first evangelists of the good news. And this good news affected all who heard it. And everyone who heard this story was truly amazed. So the shepherds responded by worshipping fully. Then we come to Mary. What was her response to all of this? Well, we read that she stored up in her heart all the things that had happened. Mary had heard an invitation from an angel nine months ago when the angel Gabriel came to visit her. Mary, powerless woman, living on a dusty fringe on the outskirts of the Roman Empire, engaged to a poor carpenter, Joseph. To this woman, God gave the invitation to be the mother of Jesus. And her response at that time was, Here I am, the Lord's humble servant. As you have said, let it be done to me. She then wrote these words that we find in Luke 1, and we call the Magnificat. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him, from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever just as he promised our ancestor. So Mary, in this song, magnifies God, points to him, and worships him. She confesses her great love for him and looks forward to the future deliverance of the oppressed. So Mary worships fully. So we come back to us. What is our response going to be? How are we going to worship fully in our lives today? Well, we can get some ideas from the Magnificat and from the verses in Romans. We start with praise, with an outpouring of our hearts, with a reminder of what God has done for us. We sing, we pray, we read his word. And we've done all these things this morning. And these are all good things and all necessary things for worship. But I think the passage in Romans suggests that there needs to be something more. Our worship is not just for a Sunday, not just for church. Romans talks of us being a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, of being transformed, of having a different mindset to what we used to have, of living a life that is different, a life of complete 
dedication and wholehearted commitment. And it's a continuing transformation. It's not going to happen all at once. It's a continual process day by day. But our lives are to be filled with this deep worship, this full worship each and every day. And there's still more. The shepherds didn't just worship. They went out and told everyone else what they had seen and heard. So worship is linked to mission. It's linked to the telling others about Jesus. It's linked to a going out into the world, not only to tell others, but to show them love and to invite them to come and worship too. One of the most helpful images I've heard in my lecture so far has been the image of joining worship and mission like that of a Mobius strip. If you can imagine a Mobius strip that twists and turns, but it's one continuous surface. So worship and mission are like that, flowing into and out of each other. You can't separate the two. To worship fully is to be engaged in mission, and to be engaged in mission is to worship fully. You can't separate them. So the question is, do we take our worship out into the world with us, or do we leave it here in this building? Do we leave it on the way out on a Sunday morning and pick it back up again next week? And I don't think that's what we should be doing. So what's your response going to be this Advent? Are you going to choose to enter the stable to worship the baby there? If you do so, then you're choosing to enter the greatest story ever told. The story that changes everything. That first Christmas changed the world. But every Christmas is another opportunity to do the same, if we're willing So as we journey through Advent, we enter the story. We cannot remain silent. Our worship of our Saviour takes us out into the world to tell others. And the invitation this morning is to come into the stable, right to the manger, to bow down and to worship him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your invitation to come to the stable, to the manger, to bow down and to worship you. Help us to do that. Help us to offer ourselves to you each and every day and be with us at the start of our Advent journey. In Jesus' name, amen.